And on that note, folks, welcome to another episode of Not Another Film Podcast. This is the the podcast where we take movies we used to love as kids and we re-examine them in the harsh and sobering light of 2021. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, the light is so harsh and so sober and so black and white and (laughs) such an Instagram filter. As we are here to discuss the 1999, dare we say cult classic, Sleepy Hollow. Baby. The beginning of our Halloween, you know, what, what do we want to call it? Extravaganza. Our, our Fright Fest. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not copyrighted. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I can't say spooktacular because there are seven other movie podcasts that call October <laughs> their spooktacular. I think it's allowed. It, no one owns Halloween. You're right. Screw you, pagans. Nobody owns Halloween. <laughs> Tim Burton probably owns Screw it. Screw you, Hershey's yeah. Candy Company. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm Ian Gears. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by Lauren Thompson. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful. And we are joined by two incredible guests today. They're the hosts of the What A Movie podcast, which is another nostalgia-based podcast for films. Also, the creators behind the Godfrey Audio Guide. We have Nicole Knudsen and James Ferrero. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Amazing stuff. James, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a long day, but I've been looking forward to this for the last like two weeks. It's been oh my goodness! <laughs> Since we recorded on your show, I've been I've Basically. been anticipating this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. it, for those of you who have not listened, we shouted this out on the episode we released last week. Uh, Lauren and I guessed it on what a movie to discuss: Air Bud, an incredibly similar movie to what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, it couldn't be more similar. <laughs> In some ways, scarier. You know, just... definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, by far, yeah. Yeah, more more insidious. The villains are more insidious in Airbud, I think, yeah. than uh, than you know a demonic headless horseman. Yeah, yeah. What's worse, a bunch of people being beheaded or someone being mean to one dog? That's such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> one coach hitting one kid with a basketball. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Multiple it's really times. a toss. Multiple times, though. True. <laughs> yeah. He went for, back for seconds on hitting that kid with that basketball. It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> no kids who just have a punchable face, then there are other kids that just got like a basketball peltable face. <laughs> like, oh, let me just see what I can do here. Okay, let's get into this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow, 1999. Tim Burton. This is the first Tim Burton movie we've ever done on this podcast. Believe really? Mm-hmm. I found that hard to believe, but you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, did you check the numbers? Did you check? Did you go back and check the titles? In my brain, I went just like, click, 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 click. Nope, it checks out. He did not direct <laughs> Wish Upon a Star. Uh, so <laughs> I wish he had. I guess I want to throw it to you two first. What's your relationship with, let's go with, what's your relationship with Tim Burton and then more specifically with this movie? Uh, James, why don't we start with you? All right, then. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I grew up watching Tim Burton movies, like, you know, starting off with all the, the certified classics, you know, your Beetlejuices, your Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I got a little bit older. I saw Ed Wood, which is still one of my favorite movies anywhere. Um, and, you know, then, you know, the, the Batman movies and all of that. And this one, I, I don't know. I think I must have missed it. Like, I remember hearing about it and people seemed to love it. And I was like, oh, cool. And I just, it, I just never saw it. And then as I got older and we got into the other movies that we don't need to go into detail about, but I saw those and went, you know, all right, I'm going to take a break on you, Tim, for a little bit. But then just last year, I think Nicole introduced me to this movie. Like I mentioned that like, Oh, I, I haven't seen it. And she was like, what? So she sat me down 
we put it on and yeah, I was, I was so shocked that I had never seen this movie being such a Tim Burton fan as I was growing up. So yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's very interesting. And uh, I think, you know, maybe a common story we'll have around the bonfire tonight. <laughs> uh, Nicole, awesome. what, about you? what about you? I'm trying to think of my first interaction with like any Tim Burton property and um it may have been the nightmare before Christmas, but like I didn't see that until high school, definitely, because I I distinctly remember seeing like the previews for Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, you know, in front of one of the many Disney VHSs that we owned and being so scared as like a four year old because I didn't like the talking skeleton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, how times have changed. Uh, it's Jack oh the Pumpkin King. What are you talking yeah. about? You are aware that there's a skeleton inside your body right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Covered <laughs> it's talking in, right now. Yeah. In liquid and meat. It's weird. Um, but as far as like, uh, I wound up like, really liking Tim Burton stuff uh, and like discovering it for the first time in high school, um, kind of in a roundabout way. I think the first time I saw any version of Edward Scissorhands, it wasn't the movie. It was a high school field trip to go see what we were told was Edward Scissorhands, the musical, but was in fact the ballet by Matthew Bourne, which I did not appreciate at the time. Because we also, we got to the theater, we, you know, I'm from Sacramento, we did a a field trip into San Francisco where it was playing, and it's like, okay, great, gonna see this musical. Everyone's dancing and no one's singing, what is this? (laughs) But that was, I think, just from um, perhaps my theater teacher not reading what she was getting us into. <laughs> is the is the score the same for the musical? Or for I the don't ballet? remember. I've only ever seen Edward Scissorhands the movie like once or twice. So it's and it's been a long time. We'll be revisiting um, that. This yeah, I think so. Yeah. But then to to kind of get into Sleepy Hollow, I first discovered this uh, or first came across Sleepy Hollow specifically when I was in college. I was a freshman in college. I don't remember why I sat down to watch it. It may have just been on TV. And I sat down to watch it, loved it. Apparently I loved it enough. I, Cause you know, back uh, in the earlier days of Facebook when it was a thing to like put your favorite movies. Like I remember listing it as one of my favorite movies. And then I just Hell didn't watch it for years yeah. and years and years. Um, and then I think a few years ago on Halloween, some friends and I were like trying to figure out what scary or like spooky or spooky adjacent movie we wanted to watch. I was like, let's put on Sleepy Hollow. Uh, and then last year during lockdown, and it was the beginning of spooky season as we are once again returning to, and mm-hmm. he had never seen it. And I was like, you should watch this. We should watch this. So that's that's my history with um, Sleepy Hollow specifically. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Um, I feel like I'm gonna diverge from from what we talked about. I like didn't have much of a relationship with with like Tim Burton movies growing up. I like didn't see Nightmare Before Christmas until we went to see it like last like two years ago. That wow. is so shocking to me. Really, knowing wow. everything about you, this is this is the weirdest a- take. <laughs> I, I do think it's it's a really strange thing. I don't. I've never seen Beetlejuice. Is that that's Tim Burton, right? Yes. I've never yeah. seen Edward Scissorhands. I've never seen Ed Wood. I um. But I, but conversely, I was obsessed with this film. Yeah, yeah, see, there you go. I was like, where's the, the hammer's gonna drop? Oh like, no, I was, I think it was middle school. I got weirdly fixated on this movie, watched it so many times. Have you stepped foot in a hot topic? You're gonna I, love Sleepy well, Hollow. Well, you know what, Ian? I stepped foot in 
many a hot topic. <laughs> I was a big fan of My Chemical Romance. And I was like, okay, what else is there aesthetically? And I just loved the vibe of this movie. Like, I don't remember anything about the, like, the overall mystery or the plot or really anything. I just remember that I really loved goth sad boys, which this was great for me. Mm-hmm. And okay. I loved just like the vibe of like Victorian goth. Like, I just loved gothic shit. Um, so this was exactly my aesthetic. Um, yeah. And I, I just like <laughs> loved it. And then I like, I saw, you know, Corpse Bride. So like all of the other, like the Tim Burton movies after that, which is like, you know, widely agreed, like not the best. Um, I loved those. And of course I had to go see like Sweeney Todd when it came out. Cause I was a musical theater kid. And like, I mean, this movie course. is effectively the prequel to Sweeney Todd. Yeah, Essentially, yeah, yeah. Well, there is a note that I have of like, is he gonna burst into my friends? At, at I was literally point? multiple times. He had that little bird, and I was like, "Green finch and linnet bird, here we go, let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> and the blood and looks like, the same in this. Like the yeah, blood has yeah. that same like waxy quality to it. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's that's a how melted Tim... Twizzler. Yeah, that's that like how Tim so wants his blood to look. He has like yeah. a blood aesthetic, um, and everything is like all of the color is like totally desaturated except for the. uh happy memory flashback until it yep. becomes the sad memory flashback. Yeah, so it becomes the witch <laughs> the exact, flashback. Yeah, it's the it's, exact same thing that happens in Sweeney Todd. It's yeah. like the gothic version of Schindler's List for like a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except the red that you see is coming from like the evil version of the Whomping Willow. And I have to say it, but you're not wrong. That's actually more right than it's wrong. So yeah. somehow, I don't know it's how. All, yeah. It weirdly, I'm not going to say justifies, but it makes sense why everyone in this movie is white. Like it also is just like, <laughs> it's like it, it fits the Tim Burton color palette for, for better and for worse. Yeah. But, I, would, I would have loved to have seen what it looked like on set because I just read something how it was all shot using this blue filter to create that effect, oh. which meant though that all for all of the blood, it had to be like bright orange, I guess. Yeah. The so way they filmed it and it all came through to get that red effect. So I was like, I just can't. I just can't imagine being on set and watching this like orange, like bright orange goo just like spraying over everyone. Must have just been like, what the hell is going on? Not the weirdest thing on that set. This, this has not. a lot of Probably strange not. practical effects in it. Like I, I don't know. I yeah. I just remember moments from this film so intensely. I remember him opening up his bag and like pulling out the like the layers of like the the the, the contraption he has mm-hmm. that have all of his like vials on it. And oh like, yeah, his steampunk detecting. Oh my god, I love yeah. also, also is he supposed to be I love steampunk. Yeah, is he a doctor? Is he a detective? Is he both? Like he's both he's a, a constable. constable. Yeah. It is interesting to watch this and be like, oh, he's like the less cool like version of like the BBC Sherlock archetype. Like, which is a really interesting thing. I would that's say, kind of one of the things I like about him is he doesn't have like any of the toxicity of that. I would actually say not the BBC Sherlock. I think he's the less toxic version of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Similar but hair. He's too. like a detective medical examiner dude i don't know he's just like a cool dude yeah <laughs> he's a cool dude that faints a lot like everyone in this movie faints constantly that's why it's sleepy hollow yeah everyone in this movie <laughs> is anemic and dehydrated and yeah. just like at a moment's notice there's going to be a, a big burst of wind that's going to blow them all over yeah. <laughs> that's why i loved i love this movie yeah. It was a high rotation, especially around October. Yeah, my sister was obsessed. That tracks for your sister. <laughs> it does. Shout out to Megan. Was obsessed with Tim. <laughs> hey, Megan. Was obsessed with Tim Burton uh, and then uh, obsessed with Johnny Depp subsequently. And 
because of that, I mean, we grew up, we were like, we were a Nightmare Before Christmas house, like Nightmare Before Christmas and The Lion King were like the two VHSs that got the most play in our home as kids. Um, and this movie, I remember because it was rated R, I like didn't have th- that big of a relationship to it. It was one that like, I would like sneak behind the couch and watch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple images in it that I remember really freaked me out. Like the witch in the woods really freaked me out when I was a kid. It freaked you out today when we watched it. Well, it freaked me out today for different <laughs> reasons. <laughs> now it's just like jarring CGI, but like, <laughs> Uh, at the time, I was like, mm, no, 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 don't go in that cave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would I would venture to say, and this is spoilers for recommendations at the end, but this is in my like top three Tim Burton movies. Mm. I really dig this. Like this, I think, is the apex of the like the cliche Tim Burton aesthetic. Mm. I it's it, because we you know, we were just comparing it to Sweeney Todd. But I think the beauty of it is that so much of it is practical still. Like this set just looks great. It mm-hmm. looks so good. And the actors, you know, performance, I mean, you get some really amazing actors in this cast, but like, like Ian McDermott says legit, like two lines in this movie, this dude has won like multiple Olivier awards <laughs> and it's still just like, no, you've just got the look. Mm-hmm. And it, it's about the aesthetics. It's about the aesthetics. That's why I'm like, this movie is about atmosphere and vibe. History makes no goddamn sense and who gives a shit. It is a really interesting inflection point because you see a lot of the stuff that like then continues into future movies with these exact actors, like specifically with Johnny Depp. And it's like, this is the last kind of time he could do it without it becoming kind of a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of like the mannerisms, like the Tim Burton-y Johnny Depp mannerisms in this movie before you go on to like Sweeney Todd and it's just like, oh, you're an archetype of yourself. Like, yeah, because after this, I don't believe he works with Johnny Depp again until Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was between. You're right, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And Corpse Bride, right? Which was the same year as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was wrong, Uh, thank you very much. yeah, we'll do that, Charlie, in the Chocolate Factory. I really don't want to. Ooh, (laughs) you're on your own with that one. I don't want to. What if we didn't? There are moments <laughs> I don't hate, but that's just me. Um, but let's let's dive in, okay? This movie, obviously directed by Tim Burton. This shocked me, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, um, who, for those of you who don't know, wrote fucking seven and wrote uh, eight millimeter. Um, this all makes sense now. Right? It kind of <laughs> yeah. makes sense. But essentially... Um, one of the uh, the the person that went on to eventually do the creature effects and design the the horseman, um, I believe his name is Kevin Yeager, uh, but he uh, had an idea to make a Sleepy Hollow slasher film in the early '90s and was chopping it around as doing. Uh, I want to do a low budget slasher film where there is a spectacular murder every five minutes. That's the quote that he said. And everyone was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's team you up with this new screenwriter on the block, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, and we'll see what happens. The original pitch was that uh, Andrew Kevin Walker was going to write it and Jaeger was going to direct it. And it just kept getting passed over because nobody wanted to make this movie. And it got passed over and passed over and passed over until it got picked up by American Zoetrope Francis Ford Coppola's company after mm. the success and, or I guess like 
box office success, but critical failure of his Dracula movie. If you've never oh, seen yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Ooh. We should do Oh, that. man. That's an opera. Would love uh, to discuss Oh, yeah. Uh, but That's my Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> After the marginal success of uh, Dracula, Coppola was like, sick, let's do this movie. And Tim Burton came on board and the rest is history. Uh, another fun little fact about this screenplay, apparently uh, doing uncredited script doctor work on this, Tom Stoppard. Oh, yeah. Well, look at that. Okay, that makes a lot. That, that also actually makes sense. I like think about it, it's like, wow, all that like weird like wit and like just sort of little mm -hmm. like things throughout. Like it's the like one line oh, zingers. Yeah. 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 A lot ah, of his like isms. Her. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Most of from from the little bit of research I can find online, most of Stoppard's work came in reshaping Ichabod's character and turning him into a little bit more of the the quote I found was more of an effeminate detective mm. as opposed to an action star mm. which was what he was in the original uh more of version. a nerd yeah sounds like they wanted to go a little bit more abe lincoln vampire hunter in the first draft of this <laughs> no. that must yeah. that must be so nice though to be like you're working on your movie and you're not <laughs> sure if it's all working and you're like hmm need some cleaning up i'm gonna call up tom tom baby honey <laughs> You come in and just like pop this up for me. You're not doing anything. It's like, like I'll get off the coast of Utopia and be right over. <laughs> They're reviving RNG again. Sure, why not? I don't care. This is, oh my god, what a what a fucking mensch Tom Stoppard is. <laughs> um, so this movie begins the very same way as Sweeney Todd, as we said, but it's all practical effects and not CGI trips through London. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Martin Landau in an uncredited cameo. You know, he's like, you know what? You gave me an Oscar, Tim. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> uh, plays Van Garrett. And very important, he's a landlord. This comes into play <laughs> later on. In a this, big way. Let it be known. I did not remember this movie as this like straight up fuck landlord situation, but love that. I mean, if you're Miranda Richardson, it's a fuck landlord situation. I think we're supposed to like vaguely be on our side about that part. Maybe not like the murder, but like... A little I'll bit of murder, that. maybe just a yeah, murder. maybe like maybe not that extent of murder, but like some murder. Like Has anyone thirty percent of the murders are probably yeah. Like, Has anyone else seen the Adams Family Values, yeah. the sequel to the Adams Family? I was oh, obsessed yeah. with them, so yes. Does anybody else think Miranda Richardson was giving off kind of strong Joan Cusack vibes at the end of this movie? Oh, I wish a little she was bit more. <laughs> yeah, I she could have gone more. For sure, for sure. Because Joan Cusack isn't absolute legend in that movie she's incredible. probably yeah. going 60 percent on the See, scale. i feel like if if sleepy hollow committed more to like letting itself be funny mm -hmm. and like on be funny on purpose because i feel like there's a lot of moments that are hysterical and are not meant to be yeah. um i feel like if it went that way perhaps it would have been channeling more of joan cusack in mm -hmm. Adam's family values, uh, and as yeah. would Miranda Richardson, but I feel like there was this kind of, I don't even know if it was a disconnect, but sometimes it feels like it is of it's trying to be really serious, but the situation is so absurd that yeah. you can't take it mm -hmm. seriously as the viewer. 
Yeah. And he makes, there are some like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this. He, there are like some wild leaps in logic that you have to take that it's like, because it's so serious, you have to question it. But if we were maybe being a little more silly with it, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do it. Yeah. But like sometimes he makes deductions that I'm just like, there is no way you connected those two dots, sir. Yeah, exactly. What was the thing? It's when, when the autopsy starts. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, excuse me, no. which think, one, James? I know. <laughs> the very first but one. But like, what was it? It's when, I think it, this is the first murder to happen after Ichabod arrives in Sleepy mm -hmm. Hollow. And uh, they, like, all of the, like, magistrates and, like, doctors, all of, the, like, kind of the head people in the town, like, go out to find the body. And he Ichabod comes out and is, like, he pours some sort of chemical on where the head was. And he says, chemical reaction says it was one strong blow to the neck. I'm like, how do you know that? That makes no sense. I legit have that as a note here. What yeah. chemical would give that off? Yeah, it's also like the jump that he makes later in the movie where it's like, because the horseman doesn't kill like one dude who's in his way, he's like, that means he's being controlled by witchcraft. It's and like, you're just like, wait, wait, no, no. They're all leaps that like, the fact that they're all correct lead me to think like, <laughs> no, this is just script bullshit. Like this yeah. is just script magic. It'd be great if one of them was just a wild leap of just like, oh, like, the, the horseman's being driven by hunger. He only eats red meat. And it's like, he doesn't have a fucking head, Ichabod. <laughs> not okay. And, and it's just like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I do wish there was a little, like, I think that there was a little bit of room for a bit more of that, like, grotesque humor that you mm -hmm. see a lot leaned into these days. The movie seems to think it's it's very funny to watch a man faint in shock so much that it does it, like, five times. Um, and I wish that we had played a little bit more and let him maybe be like even a little bit weirder. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, but I like the movie a lot. I <laughs> like the moments where I did laugh. I, I had a great time. Uh, we got a sick cameo from the pumpkin from the nightmare before Christmas in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't know that Jack Skellington was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He's been available for years. Nobody's like, <laughs> he's been sitting by the phone waiting for a phone call. Finally, Kingdom Hearts called up and he was like, I didn't do video games, but now I guess I do video games. I need the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Danny Elfman score is just bumping this entire movie. It's great. Mm -hmm. stuff. Extra. It's so extra. Um, and yeah, Martin Landau gets uh, straight up decapitated. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Love it's it. a rough look for my guy, Martin Landau. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> Getting decapitated is a rough look in general, folks. It's yeah. not as bad as Richard Griffiths gets like not only his head cut off, but it, he gets like a dick joke thrown in. It's like, where it's oh, like, yeah. and it's just like, like he gets the most embarrassing death, I think. Yeah, the coolest death is, uh, we're just, we're jumping all over the place, but I think the coolest death is the one Like where Ichabod he, Crane, we're jumping all over. <laughs> <laughs> where he throws like the stake through the church oh, and then like yoinks him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's oh, like, I can't, I can't step on ha hallowed ground, but I can bring you to me. But I can yeah. hardly yeah. over hallowed ground. My guy will improvise. Oh my God, that shit's incredible. He's crafty and I love that. Uh, I love seeing uh, problem solving from my villains. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, got a good head on that one. Hey. hey. Nailed it. Get the fuck out of this podcast. Uh, so then we open up New York City, the city of dreams, the city that never sleeps. It's 1799, folks. That's right, 23 years after the events of Hamilton. And we are in the city. <laughs> No one's rapping, and everyone has gone back to speaking in British accents. <laughs> it is 
so weird. That was the wildest <laughs> moment of watching of rewatching this film is is rem- remembering that like this takes place in America, and yeah. in my yeah. I was like this always took place in England in my brain. Well, and I I just like I completely forgot about the Revolutionary War aspect of it. Like one hundred percent forgot. Yeah, have you ever have you ever been to like Sleepy Hollow, like New York? No. Have either of you? Yes, have. No, yeah. I've I've only been to New York City a couple of times, but never elsewhere in the state. Yeah, I mean it's it's very beautiful. I don't I obviously don't know if it looks like you know if this is an accurate portrayal of it in Victorian times, but uh, it it's like two hours away from the city, and from what I can understand from my knowledge of other movies that take place around this time period, people did not all talk in British accents, mm-hmm. but. It's a weird combination of like some people talk in British accents, some people just do full on American, some people are Americans trying to do British accents, and then it's just like somewhere in the middle where it's like, wait, what, what, what is happening? I guess it kind of works because it is like right after the Revolutionary War, but it's yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, yeah we definitely talked about that when we watched it, um, and like I kind of understand almost from like the cast of older actors where maybe you began your life mm-hmm. in the UK um, and then, you know, came to the colonies, the colonies became its own country, etc. But then you get among like the younger actors in in Sweeney Todd uh, or not. I'm going to do that all night. Incredible. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Please keep doing it. Sleepy Todd. Uh, Sleepy Todd and Sweeney Hollow. Sleepy Todd. Oh, oh my God. It's my boy Sleepy Todd. Um, in Sleepy Hollow, you've got uh, Christina Ricci as Katrina, who just the most Californian person trying to do a British accent. And then you have uh, the the young boy who winds up helping Ichabod, uh, yes. uh, uh, young, young Maspeth. Yeah, young um, and he, I presume, sounds much like his father, who I don't think we ever get to hear speak. Um, I don't know. I it didn't bother me too much. I was having too much fun. Um, yeah. But it was like, where are you all from? The only <laughs> where thing are you all I supposed could... to be from? Yeah, the only thing I could kind of get like to, to my head canon of what's going on with it is like you just these love are that all new word, these you? are all yeah I learned it yesterday. These are all like British soldiers that were like oh shit we lost this war let's pretend we've been American this whole time and move to this small wooded community in upstate New York. Or to get more simple, they're British because of the vibe. Yeah. Because it seems like it should be a British vibe. And was shot in London. Literally, Ian McDermott apparently crossed the street from the set of The Phantom Menace to go to the set what? of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And he was apparently incredibly relieved because he had been acting on blue screens for one and then walked into like full blown extravagant sets. Oh, love that. Thank God. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also realizing that uh, Phantom Menace and this came out in the same year, I was like, that is mind-boggling to me. The Wild Wild nine, sure, but a welcome one. What a, what a year, 1999. Oh my god, a big year. Um, so yeah, so uh, essentially, oh, this is our introduction to Ichabod Crane. It's our introduction to Christopher Lee, who's in this movie for one scene. Mm-hmm. As yep, an as the judge. He controls all exposition in this movie. Yes, great. I'm here to do my ominous uh, speech about Sleepy. Who has the authority? I mean, I guess because it's Christopher (laughs) Lee, he has the authority to do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, and is immediately like, 
you must go to Sleepy Hollow. It's like, what? Yes, yeah, like, you said it. It must be so. Yeah, it's like, what What power do you have over these, I guess, constables where you can just order them places? It, it doesn't matter. Only, the the only, answer only is it Saruman doesn't matter. Do that. The only thing I love most like about this scene is when like he's giving the order to Ichabod that he has to go to Sleepy Hollow because there have been crimes. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know what? They apparently have no law enforcement up there, so you need to go up there and enforce the law. Even though you're ostensibly like a medical examiner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like... <laughs> You're an, uh, a coroner is basically yeah. what you are. We get introduced to Ichabod Crane where he like finds a dead body in the river and he's like, yep, he's dead. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Expert on the scene. And then they- If you find him in the river, it's death by drowning. And yeah. it's like, well, maybe. But if there's- However. If there's no water in the lungs, yeah. then he was dead before he went into the water. It's like- yeah. Has no one in this universe thought of this before? It's yes, that uh, thing like at a workplace when like people quit and then your job, their job's like, we don't need to hire new people. We'll just like allocate your like other people's work to you. Yeah. And that's uh -huh. him, like a bunch of police officers quit and they're like, you can be a police officer, right? And he's like, absolutely not. He's like, I've just absolutely. been going down to the docks all day and like trying to identify bodies. Like, now I'm apparently I'm not, a civil my hobby. I'm not even a medic. Yeah, I'm not even a medical examiner. I literally just do this on the side. Stumbled upon this crime scene and suddenly I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like to me you're a constable. Now go. Yeah. You know that powder that I, I put there just to say like it looks like his head got cut off? This is salt. This is nothing. I'm just <laughs> making it up. I have no clue. I, I, I stole this from the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I spent my entire paycheck on these glasses and this little <laughs> scissor cutter. That's it. That's all I have. The rest of my day is my hair and maintaining this hair. <laughs> it's so luscious. <laughs> It is not easy. Yeah, it's that kind of messy hair where you're like, you spent a lot of time to make it look that messy, didn't you? <laughs> and you know what? It's worth every second. Yeah, so Ichabod great. gets up to Sleepy Hollow. Uh, there's so many leaves everywhere because it's a great fall movie and the movie knows what's up. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get, uh, first thing that we see in Sleepy Hollow, which I really commend this movie for, two middle-aged people making out hardcore outside of a church or outside of a oh uh, yeah yep. shout out to ian mcdermott he's doing it <laughs> which is when you find out it's ian mcdermott he gives the best face acting ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. later it's, in the movies yeah it's revealed that's later middle-aged people that's but it's he's well he's making out with like 20 year olds in that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he also gives a look to the camera like he's like a seventh grader in their first performance of The Music Man. And it's like the Wells Fargo wagons coming. He's like, what? What? I, I don't I tripped and I fell and her lips were there. I don't know. Unlimited power. But I'm not working two sides of a war. Go away. <laughs> uh, he gets there. And Michael Gambon welcomes him, and as does a lot of the other supporting players from Harry Potter. They all come in. <laughs> They're all. This movie is like Harry Potter and Star Wars Venn diagram, and in the middle is mm -hmm. Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love it for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we get Richard Griffiths, who is the magistrate. Yes. Magistrate yeah. Phillips. Magistrate. Is the yes, name? Magistrate Phillips. Yeah. We Ian McDermott is the doctor. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, yikes, is yeesh. the, um, yeah, yeesh, uh, yeah. is the, uh, the preacher and Michael Gambon is the, like the town leader. He's like the mayor. 
Right? He's the mayor of Gamba. I don't know. Does he have like an official title? He's the he's the heir to um what's his face? The the people who died in the opening scene. So he's like I think like the the de facto head of of um of the town he's one of the like town elders i guess mm-hmm. yeah he's the head I, of the rotary club they ask him yeah. like oh like what's your deal and he's like oh i'm just a farmer that got lucky or something yeah it's got, like, like got rich uh, sure yeah, it's like, yeah, you own prospered. land and you're a landlord there you go yeah, yeah he would he would be like in a check off one x somewhere probably mm. okay like, <laughs> all about him and just like you know oh man my two to four every day is so sad you have to sell the cherry orchard <laughs> never tragedy um, um no we have to rake these leaves so that we can sell these leaves otherwise i'll never find true love what yeah. no i can't talk about it more vodka uh, yeah, michael hamben is also uh it's baltus van tassel is his name and his yeah. daughter is katrina van tassel who is yes. uh Played by Christina Ricci, and she is Ricci, Ricci, Ricci. Uh, young and beautiful, and is into occult stuff. She's gorgeous. Wowzers, man! Christina Ricci. <laughs> she looks great. Yeah, Apex, Apex, Christina Ricci, mm-hmm. um, doing like you pointed out, Nicole, the wildest dialect work <laughs> that I've. Maybe... I was legit taking notes in my head. <laughs> like I was working a show. I was just like, "That's not right. That's not right." Nope, nope. And like could not turn it off the whole time. It's <laughs> like I could not turn off the dialect coach brain. I was like, nope, it's not right. It's like she, Christina Ricci had a dream in which she was speaking mm-hmm. in a British dialect and was talking in her sleep, and it sort of sounds yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You're like, but, oh. she, but she's every teen at Hot Topic, so it works out. Yeah, exactly. it's kind of like she's just like playing D and D and decided her character's British and like that's the amount of like preparation <laughs> yeah. she did. You she's know? like, I'm gonna commit forty two percent, like everyone yeah. else here. <laughs> exactly, because that's the D and D campaign we're on. But she sees this man who comes in, and uh, he's not like other guys because apparently <laughs> the only other guy her age in this town is Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh my god, is, that's all I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, it's all he'll ever be in my brain. Full on <laughs> asshole mode. Yeah, as Brom. The, oh, yeah. this is the point where I do this the short anecdote where mm-hmm. when I was a freshman in high school, I auditioned for uh, a one act that was going down. They were doing Sleepy Hollow as one act, mm-hmm. and I got cast as Brom. Whoa, because you're tall? Because I was tall. Yep. And they were just like, you yeah, tall he's people. tall and loud. He could be the asshole. <laughs> you're perfect. That's like my whole thing. Surprise, surprise. The guy who played Ichabod, tall and skinny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, the show never happened because people didn't show up for rehearsals. But this is all to say <laughs> that I had forgotten that Brom was uh, a legit character from the book and in this movie. Yeah, he's in the cartoon too. He is in the yeah. cartoon. We uh we watched that in the last we, week after we watched. We did. <laughs> Wait, is it on That's, Disney Plus? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's with the uh, yeah. It's the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Mr. Toad. So, because yep. wow. they're both shorts Go. and it's yeah, they were smushed together for some reason. Go watch <laughs> it and have yourselves a blast. It's oh. weird. <laughs> oh, it's the last Sleepy Hollow adaptation I haven't seen because I watched the TV show as well. I can't wait to smoke a lot of something and watch that one day. Oh, you will you will have a blast for sure. Do you want Bing Crosby to not only be the narrator, but also voice all of the characters? That's so oh, you do you, you pulls a Tom sure. Hanks in the Polar Express? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. 
does the mocap too. <laughs> Yikes. It's all like kind of sung through, but kind of not. And it's probably <laughs> after like a few martinis. So he's like, well, I had a story for you. All right, here we go. It all started. It's like, whoa, wait, what's going on? And it's oh, a one getting Harry for old Icky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Icky. Yeah, yeah he calls him Icky. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's definitely what all the kids called the Johnny Depp version when he was a kid. Because he gives off such, I was bullied as a child energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no was- way he wasn't. Yeah, and I like honestly, I see it. <laughs> well, we keep trying to pretend that Johnny Depp's not like an incredibly handsome person in this movie, which I'm just kind of like. <laughs> well, like as a child, understandable. As a child, he looks terrifying. Like yeah. that kid is creepy. His childhood was a little rough, which we'll yeah, we, just, we'll get to that. Bit. But yeah, what a creepy childhood all around. Even the good parts of it, pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also everybody in Victorian times in this movie is incredibly horny. It's uh, yeah. mildly disconcerting. I, I mean, what else it. is there to do? Yeah. Great point. Who else is there to do? <laughs> All yeah. these like asexual, like Victorian stories. I'm just like, that's not realistic. No. But Michael Gambon tells the story of the Headless Horseman, mm-hmm. which in this movie is he was an old Hessian soldier mm-hmm. uh, that got like <laughs> tread down by the fucking uh, revolutionaries uh, by by the uh, the American side. And they're like, look, man, we, we've got to kill you. And he's just like, <laughs> and they're like, no, just like talk to us. Like, what, where are you from? Like, why do your teeth look What's like that? What's your deal? You're not wearing a uniform. Like, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> also, why are you Christopher Walken? <laughs> <laughs> why are your eyes that blue? And why are your teeth fangs? What is your deal? Dude? Yeah, when they're like, he filed down his teeth to be sharper. I'm like, okay, first of all, this dude, not somebody you want to be on a vacation with <laughs> this guy is like i feel like this is a dude that like even like the british are like we don't want to really need him on our really side talk to that guy <laughs> like, like i think over. we made a mistake yeah he and then everyone's like oh i thought you i feel like he's that guy where it's like <laughs> we, i thought he was on your side then he came with you <laughs> where it's like the british are like we thought he was with you and the revolutionaries are like no we straight up thought he was with you and the germans are like he is not with us either i have no idea who this man is he just likes chaos filed teeth no that's not ours (laughs) (laughs) i just want to mention my note for this uh sort of not flashback but story it was story time with dumbledore was uh how i oh yeah. It down. Yes. yeah baby yes story time with dumbledore yeah, featuring christopher stuff. walken i mean what more could you need at yeah that point? i i also then again another reason i love this movie is because tim burton has the wherewithal to be like the headless horseman is a terrifying and imposing figure with filed down teeth <laughs> ultra blue eyes wild jet black hair and he'll take off your head as Leather soon as he'll say hello toe. Christopher Walken. <laughs> I will accept no one else. I will the not only, let him speak. The only other yeah. time I worked with him, he was a bureaucratic, like an evil bureaucrat <laughs> in Batman Returns. <laughs> now I'm going to cast him as this, this epitome of physical exertion. <laughs> yeah. Christopher fucking Walken. And you know what, Ian? It works. <laughs> well, and I want to give a lot of credit to that to his stunt person who does most of the movement work. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is? Do you know who this is, James? I think I, I just I just actually read up on this, but I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you oh know. no! Why don't you please, please? To be it, it is it is no less than the master himself, and apparently like crazy, crazy, crazy person himself as well, Ray Park. Yep. Most Whoa! notably known as Darth Maul 
from episode one. Wait, he was also, he was also hopping. See, he was also hopping sets. back and forth. Just with Ian McDermott just shuffling back and forth across the street, apparently. Yeah, and the apprentice became the master, you know, Holy the headless shit. master. Also um, Toad from here. the first X-Men movie for anyone out there who, Damn. you know. Holy shit, that, that is yeah. mm-hmm. For You know, for years, I tried to convince myself that was Seth Green. It <laughs> is. Only... It totally looks like him, though. That's so weird. <laughs> it's the hair and the <laughs> goggles. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Ray Park Holy who's doing all shit. the motion stuff. Um, and they tell this story, he's walking through the woods and he's like, hey, he stumbles across these two little blonde twins and he's like, hey, kids, can you help me escape? And one of them's like, nope, and breaks a twig. Uh, this image is seared into my brain. It's like they're like you were saying earlier, like there are just images from this movie mm-hmm. that just stick with me, even if the plot kind of comes in and out. And this is one of those images, those two terrifying little fair skinned blonde girls. Mm-hmm um and yeah and then this dude gets his head chopped off by his own sward and uh and, and then everybody's like yeah he became the headless horseman after that we don't know what else to say happily man. ever after yeah and ichabod is like wait you believe that this is what's happening uh well i intend to prove this with science and then the the preacher man is like this is the only uh book that you'll need to solve this and he hands him a bible and i'm like oh so you're a republican yep. yeah well he's jeffrey giants yeah is. Yeah, we shouldn't be listening to him say anything. Not, not anything no. at any point. No, at any no, time. no. The maybe um, the only good thing about that is, about Jeffrey Jones' career is that you can look back on it and literally anytime you see him, you're like, okay, cool. I'm supposed to not like you. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. Great. Yeah, he's never he's never he's never the good guy. Which yeah. works. No. Yeah, that's true. So you know, maybe in that respect, the career has aged well. But uh, I don't know. Got a whole positive where you can find him. Yeah uh anyway yeah so they're everybody's freaking out about this headless horseman guy and uh and ichabod's like all right i gotta like let's try and figure out what's going down and then another murder happens yeah straight up like while they're while they're there um yeah like i feel like there are multiple times in this movie it's like oh yeah while we were talking about the past murder straight up another murder just happened yeah it's It's like that night yeah this is older masbeth um Mm -hmm. And he gets murdered on the set of M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. And then, then <laughs> they go find him. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy's dead. Let's have a funeral. Mm-hmm. And his kid is like, hey, Ichabod Crane, do you need a ward? And Ichabod Crane's like, I don't want a fucking ward. I'm trying <laughs> to, like, hit it off with Christina Ricci over here. I'm not here. looking to adopt a kid right now. <laughs> and the kid's like, okay, cool. Well, if you want to adopt me, I'll be right here. <laughs> and then follows him around the entire rest of the film. Well, yeah, because he eventually adopts him. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he's like, actually, I need a, a a second pair of hands to help me with these just the the bloodiest autopsies that you ever did see. Oh boy! I, and I don't feel like this. Fall, granted, I am not a constable, so I don't know what it's like to be around a lot of dead bodies after they've been killed. But um, I feel like they're not this uh, juicy. <laughs> you know what? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like if you don't have blood flow, you're not that juicy. It's like he's operating on a gusher or something. Yeah, <laughs> there's just a geyser of blood constantly. I'm like, I think if there if there is that much blood that is getting pro- propelled at you, that person's alive. Yeah, that's yeah. just how and, that works. And a lot of these people have been dead for days. Yeah. Like I think the the or like the corpse they dug up, or it's like that corpse has been dead for a while. Yeah, the the first person, or I guess the only person they do an autopsy on is the widow Winship, and that's um, because uh, Ichabod gets a a tip that 
um, she was pregnant and he mm -hmm. does an autopsy to confirm it. And but they've all been dead for days. And I get I sort of understand like trying to, you know, have physics work in this fantasy world. Uh, but it's it seems cold. Mm -hmm. Bodies wouldn't decay. That I understand, but they shouldn't be gushers. <laughs> they shouldn't no. be like chopping down on a gusher. Not at all. Blood everywhere. It's also one of those things where everyone in this movie just constantly has like, they have that the the Poirot thing of just kind of like, they're always on the precipice of like going into a giant speech explaining yeah. the motives of everyone around them. Yeah. This is also when Johnny Depp is like, it's like uh, when he, corners uh richard griffiths at, at, uh and richard griffiths takes off his wig which uh is an image that's also seared into my brain because it's i this was when i i realized that these were wigs because i did not oh. know this until this point when i was a kid. Oh, like just in general that people wear wigs a lot <laughs> yeah because richard griffiths taking off his wig constantly patting oh, yeah, down the, his hair the powdered wig yeah yeah and ichabod's just like it's like, you knew the Widow Winship was pregnant. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, then I deduce that you're the father. Yes. He's like, Wait, what? <laughs> he's like, slow the fuck down. Okay. It's not a deduction. It's a guess. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Just the chill, chill. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a solid guess, but it's a guess. He was just watching a lot of Maury. You know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, ah, so that is you. It's like, no. Are you the he's father. Like, there's 15 people in this town. There's a pretty good chance it's you. Like just on. Is, yeah. is it him? Is and it also him? you knew the secret thing. Like why would you know the secret thing if you weren't involved in the making of the secret thing? Like, because it's a small town and people are gossipy bitches. Like <laughs> I could think this could really work is if Ichabod was such an overtly terrible constable that this was kind of like a, like let's send him to Sleepy Hollow on a like, a victory list pursuit. Like, he'll never solve this. Let's just get this nerd out of New York City. So if Dogberry was sent to investigate mm. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, and it's yeah. Michael Keaton again. And then we get <laughs> Michael Keaton back in a Tim Burton movie, yeah. baby. So then we have or, Michael yeah. Keaton versus Christopher Walken and the scariest thing you've ever Ooh, seen. I could, I, could, I could get down for that. I would actually probably be down with a recast of, of Michael Keaton as the Headless Horseman. And then he gets killed and comes back to life as Beetlejuice. I mean, it all comes full circle. Oh, yeah. How good is that performance in Beetlejuice? I can't oh, believe it's it. just phenomenal. I, I haven't seen it either. It's, it's yeah. okay, Lauren. Uh, I think I have seen it, like, maybe in, like, parts on, like, ABC Family when I was growing up, but, like, never sat down and watched it. Total family film. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the, it was the movie 31... opens with two characters getting horribly killed. Ian, it was the 31 Days of Halloween. I'm sorry that you didn't, like, get on the level with ABC Family. I don't know what what I had against ABC Family as a kid, but yeah, I never yeah, watched. Yeah, no, ABC what's Family. wrong with you? <laughs> ABC. You're all about the Family. Disney Channel, and then you're like ABC Family. Fuck you. Nah, I have no clue what it was. You don't want to watch Hocus Pocus six times in a row? I got it on VHS. Why do I need to wait for them to tell me when to watch it? You got a great point. <laughs> I rest my case. Checks out. Yeah. Get out of here, please. Um, Go to Sleepy Hollow. Uh, let's see what else do I got here. Uh, yeah, so they so Richard Griffiths uh, gets his head straight up cut off mm -hmm. is there a murder in between that i, I mean so many people die but like i've now, i think the one before this was older masbeth who's now dead masbeth yeah yeah, and then, yeah. then when yeah. does the the midwife it's, and her family that's later that's, that's later. later because there's the okay. branch one yes that's the one that takes because brom 
Well, that takes that's later on as that's well. Later? Yeah, because I think Griffiths- that's after the uh, the midwife and her family get murdered because the the horseman is leaving with their heads and Brahm is like, "Hey, I'm going to shoot you." Yes, like, that's the same he doesn't, sequence. He doesn't have a head, Brahm. I don't yeah. think shooting him is going to kill him. And he's the original frat bro, so you know he's just like, "I know how to solve this problem." He's a Brahm bro. He's a Brahm bro. Right? <laughs> yeah. The fact that Brahm also. I mean, we can just cut to that point early and then we'll go, we'll circle back around crane style. Um, but, um, I did use. <laughs> Act three. Casper Van Dien's not, not like does not flinch at the sight of the headless horseman. Yeah. Nope. It's like when he sees a headless horseman mm-hmm. jump out, like, kick the door down from this house shabam i'm walking out i got two three heads over here i got like, ma, like a takeout bag ma, pa, and <laughs> time to go fill up the old tree so that i can get another 20 minutes of sleep before this lady wakes me up again and brahm's just like mm-hmm, a headless horseman just as i predicted <laughs> it's, it's shocking to me that no one reacts to, like at least Ichabod is reacting for the entire town, I guess. Like Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh yeah, because then you have after uh Richard Griffith's death, because that's the first one that Ichabod sees. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um then you have that great scene of like him freaking out like in bed at Oh at, yeah. Dazzles. What was it? Was it? Uh, it was all it true. Is. Of course it is. Oh. Told you. We all told you. <laughs> That, that entire sequence of like the, where he's doing the, the line delivery that you just imitated, Ian. Headless. That is a, the, a, you pointed this out that it's like, oh, this is a complete Robert Denny Jr. role. It is. Yeah, and yeah. Also could have played this role. That's my, I have a running theory yeah. that in the late, eight, mid, mid 80s to late 80s, even to early, early 90s, let's say, Robert Denny Jr. was doing his like, I'm going to be quirky and prestige shit thing. Then, he started to have a bad time with drugs and he passed off the baton to Johnny Depp right around the time of like Edward Scissorhands. You get Benny and June, you get Ed Wood. Johnny Depp's now like this, like, holy shit, whenever he dives into a role, he's like the Daniel Day-Lewis of pinstripes. Like, we'll just like make him, <laughs> let's make him the heir apparent of, of the Skellington King. And then we get to like 2008 and Robert Downey Jr. is like, cool, I'll take that baton back now, thank you. And now Robert Downey Jr. is doing all of the roles that we would cast like the Sherlock Holmes, that he like the Sherlock Holmes, after. like Doolittle, like he's doing all of these roles that Johnny Depp would be cast in. Yeah, the good ones and the bad ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're but they they kind of have a very similar trajectory mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they're like you know you pick your flavor obviously, but like that's there fair. we go. Yeah, there are moments of this where it's like oh that is exactly how Robert Downey Jr. would do that line. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever been like. Oh, I, I could see it most clearly here. Mm-hmm. Never put really that together, but that's so true. Yeah. Wow. Now I can't yeah. unsee it. Yeah, no, now it's Yeah, just I can terrible. see like in an alternate universe where like Robert Denny Jr. did not have that like kind of big downturn where like some of these roles could have potentially gone to him and this could have been his trajectory. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, last summer, or not, not last, two summers ago, we did the Pirates of the Caribbean what movies on this podcast. And- that was where I kind of had a brain blast that it's like, oh, this was Depp's Iron Man, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. just like, he's just going to eat off of this role for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. The difference, I think, is those movies consistent, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies 
consistently were like, let's do whatever we can to justify Johnny Depp's fucking Bugs Bunny shenanigans in these movies. Mm -hmm. And the Marvel movies were like, I don't know, let's just throw Iron Man into this movie for like five minutes. People will go crazy Mm -hmm. and then we'll just get back to the movie part. (laughs) Yeah, one character has an arc throughout a large amount of movies and the other one is Jack Sparrow, who I love, but yeah, it's definitely, you get to like three, four and you're like, oh boy, wow. We're still doing this, this, aren't we? This has been going on for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Exhausting. Um, oh yeah, so we can get to yeah, somewhere around here where he starts up the dreams about his childhood, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. Do the we pro- want to talk about the chronology of this movie is all muddled in my brain? Lauren, you had a lot of you had a lot of thoughts on these dreams. I mainly just thought I thought they were creepy as shit. Like I go, just thought, go off. Uh, I don't know. I just think like the image, like it, I don't know, his mom and him just like twirling in a circle just gave off like really eerie vibes. Also like his mom's cleavage was out and it was very distracting. Yeah, she was about to like uh, have a wardrobe malfunction. Like truly really, uh, she the, had to the be entire a witch. That's the only way they stayed in. Like I, it's magic, that's the only way it happened. She, like, <laughs> her corset was like visible and then her dress was like open. And I'm just like, this isn't an outfit for like hanging out with your kid during the day. The the man who we later have to assume is the one who kills her is his dad right is that yeah. his dad that's yeah. his dad yeah yeah uh because ichabod has the line of like he he killed her to yeah. save her soul or something yeah um yeah. but also like it, how this is looking for logic and something that clearly has no interest in logic but uh how would Ichabod's father not know that Ichabod's mother, when he married her, yeah. was into all that shit? And like, was this kind of free spirited thing that we are led to believe she is from all of the twirling and the cleavage? Yeah, and or, why is she with him? Or yeah. maybe, maybe, possibly it was an arranged marriage and maybe she was super devout and whatnot and then started exploring and was like, you know what, actually, maybe. fuck this game. I think this is the way to go. And he was like, oh, no, none of this. You go into the, Mm -hmm. you go into the casket now. Like, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, and there was some, like, I don't know. I also think that, like, the movie felt like it it was towing the line between, like, doing that thing where it's, like, she's not a witch. She just, like, believes in, in, like, science and, like, you know, where there's, like, the idea of, like, oh, these herbs are, like, medicine, but people think that it's witchcraft, you know? That like maybe that's like it's it's a parallel to him as an adult being like I'm doing all the stuff that is viewed as like ahead of my time and no one understands it just like my mom, mm-hmm. but then also like she is literally flying at one point. Well, it's also yeah. a memory. It's a dream. We don't know if that literally happened. That's my question is: Do do we think yeah. that it literally happened? Do we think that she well, actually did float? I mean, I don't know, but also you have the connection between uh, in the dream sequences of. Ichabod's mother like drawing those kind of occult symbols in mm-hmm. the the ashes in the hearth which mm-hmm. is sort of intertwined with his relationship with Katrina because Katrina d- has those moments as well and mm-hmm. it's kind of informing his opinion of Katrina because he doesn't really know what to make of her yeah um, and it's they're the movie would have us believe that they are attracted to each other yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know how well, well that they goes. do equal amounts of fainting, so they have yeah. that compatibility at least. I, yeah, I don't buy a romance in this movie at all. No, oh, like, everything so happens so just so arbitrarily. Like there's 
I, this is a little bit later on, but Ichabod has gone into the uh, the Western woods to investigate. I think it's like in the midst of him meeting the witch who lives there. Oh God, um, let's do this. And, and um, <laughs> and uh, and Katrina comes out to to like go with him so that he's not oh, alone. Oh yeah. And they're just like there, and then apropos of nothing, they just lean in for a kiss, and then young Masbeth interrupts them, and I'm like what why there was no sexual tension here at all why no, is that and she's happening? gotta like lean off her horse yeah. to kiss him. it's also at this point like that's where i started to realize like oh this is the choice that johnny depp is making johnny depp essentially goes through this entire movie like he's trying to hide an erection like all of his <laughs> physical choices are like it's all like oh shit i have to deliver the book report now like oh no <laughs> don't look down there look away yeah 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 for some reason when i like thought back on this movie until i watched it today and i was really confused when like when no one acknowledged it for some reason i thought in my memory that the thing was that like he was from this town and had moved to london and that they had known each other like when they were kids and london I has nothing to do with this and I just, like, oh, yeah, london, new york shit <laughs> why are they british it's so confusing um but yeah and i guess i just thought that like oh they they must have known each other before but they absolutely do not so it doesn't yeah. make sense because it feels like they're doing a like oh we're reconnecting from childhood plot line but without any of the actual that actual like backstory whatsoever yeah it so all it, happens, it's very strange yeah it all happens so fast yeah it, it, it falls into an old trope that i feel that they don't i mean they you don't see it nearly as much now i think occasionally you do but i feel like especially in the 90s like we see this so many times of like you have a you have a young lead and a young lead over here and it's like well they have to be in love and it's like why they, yeah. they don't that's not necessary no. like if it, if it feels natural and the chemistry is there sure but like in this case we'd if, if you took that out you'd have no idea it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah. make a difference at no, all I, but the fact that it's in there is just like whoa yeah I, this came out a lot i buy it to the extent that they are both fascinated by each other mm -hmm. i yeah. don't buy it as a romance no I, I buy it to the extent, this is me, me giving the movie like legitimate credit. I buy it to the extent that Ichabod is entranced by Katrina because he has like an unfulfilled relationship with his mother and she reminds him of his mother. Yeah. And I buy that she would be infatuated with him by, she gives a line early on uh, around this part of the movie where she's talking about the Van Garrets and the Van Tassels and like all of the houses. And essentially she says something like, there's not a family in Sleepy Hollow that's not related by blood or by marriage, which is like, yikes a -roni. But, <laughs> Options are slim. But yeah, yeah, so I'm like, she's interested in him because like everyone else in this town, she's known five ever. Well, I think they don't get many people like passing through from other areas. So like, yeah. he's also just a new person. Mm -hmm. And he is different especially, from everyone else. Yeah, especially someone who believes in things like science and is yeah. a fascinating person that's like, and who looks like Johnny Depp, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when you, you, when you're, you know, presumptive, like other suitor is just Brahm, mm -hmm. then you have the complete opposite in Ichabod. So like, I get it from that. And also just brief aside uh, for that scene where she's explaining like the, 
the families of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, <laughs> Katrina Van Exposition is uh, how I dubbed Amazing. her. Amazing. <laughs> uh, because it's just like, okay, here's the bullet points. Here's the main facts that you need to know and we can move forward from here. That's yeah. pretty much my entire character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to uh, present cleavage and present facts. These yes. are my, I am a woman in a movie in the 90s. And draw with chalk. <laughs> Purple chalk, right? Yeah, Where'd she like, get or that like nonsense? Bright like pink. It. <laughs> it was like a pinkish purple chalk. I'm like that. I don't think that color chalk ex existed. Well, and actually, it was very pretty, it? and I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. I mean, this movie is visually stunning. It is yeah. beautiful to look at. Um, but it is. It's like I understand from a movie making perspective why it's such a bright color. Mm -hmm. It was distracting from me trying to make sense of what world we're in. <laughs> I actually think before the blue filter went on it, that's a normal piece of white chalk, but then the blue Probably, filter went yeah. on It's like, oh no, it's Barney purple. The chalk is yeah. purple now. That's okay. We have a headless horseman. It's fine. Yeah, just get over it. Speaking it's of- It's a color. It's not black or white. Close enough. But speaking yeah. of <laughs> wild things, because at this point, Ichabod's going into the Western wood because he's he's resolved now. He's like, I'm going to go find the horseman's grave. I'm going to dig it up. I'm going to, and we're going to, you know, silence this forever and after. Uh, and they're like, okay, cool, whatever, go, homie. Like, have fun. <laughs> it's like I've told you before, like, these guys, I don't know what the fuck you want. Like, stuff like legit can't get worse. I can't so, believe like, NYC sent us a dud like this. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> but uh, he goes into the woods with young Masbeth and he finds um, the, the witch that lives in the woods cave. Uh -huh. uh, played also by Miranda Richardson. This mm -hmm. should have been a giant clue for how this movie was going to come out. Um, <laughs> but Miranda Richardson is going full like Tracy Ullman and Men in Tights in this like role. It's really <laughs> fun. train all the way. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you changed it to train. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be shit house. Um, Good but, change. <laughs> the good uh, I could just do that movie all day um, <laughs> but he goes in and I I'll be honest I've seen this movie so many times uh, this scene used to scare the shit out of me because we're about to get to a truly bizarre moment that happens I have no clue what she says in any like I'm like what what information do we glean from this exchange it's I think it's just where to find the tree yeah, she's just oh. like, go deeper in the woods. <laughs> yeah, it's some very uh, rapid fire list of instructions for how to find the, the tree yeah. where the headless horseman is buried. Yeah. Um, she that... kills an innocent bat. Uh, yeah. You guys get a close up on this bat's face. You get a yeah. close up on this bat's face and it is not fun. No. This bat is like, I am definitely about to get used in a ritual right now. <laughs> I should really stop hanging around this witch's cavern. God, Why am I here? This woman this is absolutely not be good for me. <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely gonna read my entrails. God damn it! This always happens. This happened to my cousin. I should have listened. To them. Like, oh, God damn it! Oh, all right, fine. I'm not gonna tell you anything you want to hear. But like, and thus, Batman was created. But that's. But then, where do we go? Oh, then they find the tree. Then we get this super, like, my friend Sweeney Todd moment of him, like, chopping the tree with the axe, and it just starts spewing blood. Love this, this image is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. This is oh, so I love cool. It. <laughs> yeah. I also, it also has the wildest moment for me in terms of him, like, making a leap in judgment. Hmm. 
where mm-hmm. he just is like, well, obviously this is a portal to another world. And yeah. like, I'm sorry, yeah. sir. What? It kind of just looks like this is the place where he stores his heads. What do you mean it's a portal to another world? Oh man, but he opens it up and like he like pulls off a big piece of bark and like mm-hmm. seven white dudes' heads come out and they're like, <laughs> and they like fall out to say hi. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, he, he uncovers the grave and sees that the head is missing. And this is perhaps one of his most logical leaps in judgment of, mm. oh, his head is missing. He wants his head back. Yeah. yeah, he's taking heads until he gets his own back. See that I understand. Yeah, the portal to hell. Well, then, does he deduce that it's a portal to hell before or after the horseman literally leaps from the tree? Before. Aha. Yes. Before. <laughs> oh, I don't he literally like starts chop, chop, chopping. Sees <laughs> like sees the heads and then is like, "It's a portal to another world." And you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> See, I would have loved it even more if there was just a scene of Christopher Walken trying on different heads, being like, mm. "Oh my god, that one's nope. not me, not this not one." No, nope. he speaks with the voice of whatever the head of that actor yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It's like Mario Canto. Like, like this one, I want to be me, but just like it's not working. It's all of the different heads from like the I Love the Two Thousands. Like it's just the literal talking heads. Um, it's just a quartet going on in the corner. Yeah, now we're in Haunted Mansion territory. I love oh, it. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, the uh, so the thing I love most is like after this witch scene and after the, the you know, the hell tree scene, at this point, like nothing phases Ichabod anymore. Mm-hmm. Like nothing phases Ichabod or Young Mass, but they're just kind of like, ugh, supernatural stuff. Am I right? Like. <laughs> they're just like old chums i feel like once you've seen like a headless man chop a bunch of heads off like you can't be surprised it just becomes an episode of supernatural you're right yeah Yeah. at a certain point when you're like in season eight of supernatural you're like bring me something new you know Uh, yeah most boring blah (laughs) and i think the movie has to raise the stakes by killing literally an entire family yeah now which is the the next sequence Mm -hmm. um and is also when Brom, as I wrote down, by Brom cut in twain was my note oh. for his death. R.I.P. Brom. R.I.P. Brom. Just literally eviscerated. You tried. I did guess. He, like he did. He did try. It was stupid, but he did yeah. it. Yeah. I guess. I mean, the effort was there. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm it realizing kind of the logic of just like how the horseman operates. This just came to me of he doesn't I don't think he cuts off Brahm's head he literally like cuts him in two yeah where it's like the head thing is only when he's being summoned which I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me until now yeah Yeah. he cuts him in half because Brahm is just so fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) he's like I have to humiliate you on this bridge right now yeah I remember this bridge sequence because I really liked it yeah this is a great sequence yeah um the other cool thing about this scene which i love so much is the horseman literally like is like stays down ichabod by like stabbing him in the shoulder (laughs) then swinging him over his entire body (laughs) which is um first of all amazing that he doesn't die because oh we forgot to mention that the horseman's sword is a legitimate lightsaber so it's got like it's as hot as hell Mm -hmm. and it cauterizes immediately yeah yeah Except like it has the tangibility of like, if it was a lightsaber, it just would have gone straight through his shoulder. You can't like yoink someone over with with a lightsaber. So it's better than a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It has all the best qualities of a lightsaber. But why wasn't it a double-edged sword is what I want to know. 
Especially because it was Ray Park. That's what I don't He does have sword and axe in that sequence. That's pretty badass. He's double wielding. So like, that's also fucking He's dual wielding for the win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do really, really like the fact that Ichabod never never becomes this like kick-ass action hero he's always flying by the seat of his pants he's always just like barely a step ahead of Mm -hmm. whoever his foe is and i think like i had no idea about the the rewrites to make him more that way and i think that this movie wouldn't work as well as it does like for all of the the stuff that we're digging into like again my own spoiler for recommendations it's a great time it's a great movie um and i i really like that he gets to be his just awkward self who's just has no idea and is just as scared as everyone else yeah Yeah. i like unconventional action heroes quite a bit like and i think even today you you still like have trouble getting like movies like this with like non-traditional actions like stars oh yeah i'm like, not like sure this, if this character like this character kind of had you have trouble making this movie with this lead even today yeah yeah definitely yeah. at <clears throat> least in like or at the very least like if you have a character like this in a movie it's going to be a more like action comedy rather than like a straightforward like horror or straightforward anything else yeah because yeah. even if you have people who's like have like a similar physical type to johnny depp of like you know just kind of like a mid-height kind of skinny framed person like because you know johnny depp i don't think he's ever had to like bulk up for a role necessarily mm-hmm. but like i don't know i just i always think of like tom hiddleston in like um King Kong in Kong Skull Island and it's mm-hmm. like even he was like a badass action hero in that movie. yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah, you see characters true. like this but they are always like the <laughs> second me. lead they're always like the best friend character to the lead it's Jack Whitehall yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it's the Jack Whitehall yeah yeah um all right what where do we go from here uh, we're about to hit the end game Rom yeah. gets sliced uh flips Ichabod over his head with a sword and <laughs> homie's fine that's my line uh, <laughs> Your note says Brom gets sliced with six exclamation points. That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, now we're going to the notary. This notary is uh, this guy. First of all, tragic haircut on this guy. But um, (laughs) second of all, he's got so much guilt because he finds out that uh, um, the doctor married the widow or the magistrate married the widow. uh, and, And pretty much that all the people who have died have been connected somehow um to and it all comes yeah it all comes back to the van garrett uh fortune uh which is supposed to pass to van tassel yes except the widow winship was pregnant with van garrett's baby and it was all going to go to the baby instead etc it's just an episode of jerry springer this was essentially the part of the movie where i forgot about all this in my head i was just kind of sitting there going like uh-huh uh-huh okay yeah got it cool whatever. yeah that was Next. always when i watched it like when i was younger i was like yeah i don't really care about any of this i don't <laughs> like, think it matters it doesn't really all yeah. that matters is that um is that ichabod suspects katrina because katrina is the heir to the van tassel and now mm-hmm. van garrett fortune like that's really the only thing yeah that matters yeah. also the notary is hiding in the cabinet which is just perfect yeah. <laughs> so yeah. funny it's like i have guilt go away <laughs> um but now we got to go to church like mm-hmm. and we go to the sick scene in church 
first of all, we pass a horrific scene, like maybe the scariest thing in the movie, which is Jeffrey Jones having sex with Miranda Richards. Oh God, yeah. This uh. is a horrifying image. Yeah, and then she ostensibly dies. Yeah, oh yeah, and then she's picking flowers and Michael mm-hmm. Gambon sees her and the Headless Horseman walks up behind her and he freaks out and runs away. Uh, yeah, and we don't see her die, which is, is a clue in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> I remember even when I was like nine years old watching this movie, I was like, yeah, it's her, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. She's the one who No. Yeah, we didn't see her die. I, but- see, I didn't see no head. I didn't see yeah. Miranda Richardson's head. Um, She's the recent uh, second wife of the yeah. rich guy who said to inherit everything. Yeah. yeah. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. No. Um, um, but yeah. now we get into this church meeting. We slowly realize that um, when... Jeffrey Jones hits Ian McDermott on the head with like a fucking with a crucifix and Michael Gambon's <laughs> oh everybody's God. freaking out the horseman can't get in because it's holy ground like you said mm-hmm. earlier uh, like we're safe nothing could possibly go wrong we slowly realize Miranda Richardson's been sleeping with everyone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's got to mark everyone for death it really does feel yeah. kind of like the that I don't know if either, either of you have seen uh, Bowfinger but it feels mm-hmm. like the Heather Graham character in, in Bowfinger, where it's just like every person, she's just kind of like, wait, so are you the most powerful person here? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'm going to be with you. Oh, wait, they're the most powerful? Okay, I'm going to be with them. Like, it's like, it's like <laughs> constantly moving up in different parts of this world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Jeffrey Jones and Ian McDermott die from just like being idiots. And, uh, and then the horseman is like, well, can't get on this land. I'm going to take this here fence post, tie it to this here tie rope. rope. yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know, Yeah, you know, my, my javelin skills are a bit rusty, but I think I can make this shot. Yeah. I believe in myself. Maybe we just needed like one or two little shots, just kind of like disposable insert shots of the horseman just reacting to like his good aim. Yeah. <laughs> just like one shot of him just like, fuck yes. Fuck yeah, I did it. Oh, or like maybe he misses, it. or maybe he misses a couple times. It's like over. It's like mm, nope, 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 nope. Try yeah. again, try again. Yeah. Okay, hold on. There we yeah. go. Uh, but he pulls Michael Gambon out. I love that he pulls him out just enough so that his head is is uh, uh, um out of like the, the all fence he needs. Post. He doesn't need the body. Yeah. Just yep. needs that head. And then yeah. he slices that's that it. head off. It's fantastic. Um, that's my favorite death in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of them. Style yeah. points all the way. Yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly in the best possible way. Yeah, but at this point, Ichabod's like, all right, you know what? I'm I'm Katrina out. faints. Katrina faints like again. Oh my god! Shot every time someone faints in this movie, and yeah, he sees die. he sees the uh, the drawing that she's been doing on the church floor. Mm-hmm. And is... previously, he had also seen that same drawing underneath his bed. And they thought, it, was... yeah, they thought it was like a curse, but it's it's you know it's protection. Yeah, she's trying to protect him. Yeah, there's a book that she gave him at the beginning when they first met, and it's you know like uh, charms of safety or whatever. And then he actually reads the book that she gave him, and it's like, oh, actually, I shouldn't have been mistrustful of this person who literally gave me the answer to what I was doing. We wouldn't be having. You just done the reading. He believes in science, not the script. Mm -hmm um but yeah he realizes the error of his ways but by the time i think by the time he comes back 
uh, Miranda Richardson has gone full on melodrama villain and has kidnapped mm-hmm. Katrina. <laughs> because Katrina awesome. faints again. Well, yes. well, one really quick thing I want to mention before we go to the, before we get into the end game of this is before Ichabod leaves, he like opens up his journal to all of these weird drawings of Katrina, like yes. Mrs. Mrs. Dr. Katrina oh Crane. My God. Like all of these pictures that he's drawn <laughs> yes. that we have never seen him drawing for the movie before. And no. it's like, what the fuck what is, is happening? He is like a 12-year-old girl doodling in her notebook, like in middle school. Yeah, man. It's awesome. All that we've missing was like a game of like mash on the side or something. Yeah. And it would have oh been my God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I just was like, wait a minute, what is happening? That's yeah. why I like can't believe that this movie is just like straight prestige, like horror, whatever. Like it's like, no, this movie's got a big sense of humor with itself yeah. to, to put that shot in this movie. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Miranda Richardson's gone full, uh, full evil at this point. Um, and Johnny Depp comes back and Miranda Richardson is in the throes of, you know, may as well give a giant monologue explaining oh, everything yeah. that's going yeah. down. Love a good villain it was monologue. Me. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We realized she was one of the twins. Yes. That was, uh, she was the twin that snapped the twig. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about killing her sister, who's the witch in the woods, mm-hmm. who comes out with Miranda Richardson's face because she's Miranda Richardson. That's not how we saw her in the woods with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. So does, does she always look like which of these is the she's true? having a bad week okay <laughs> she's super stressed she's so she has no really eyes and a snake week. tongue yeah. yeah i feel like because she has in in that scene where uh ichabod is in the sort of like hermit hut with her she has a very brief line of like the other one is coming so i feel mm-hmm. like in that moment she is possessed by whatever ritual she has done yeah okay that's yeah. how i t- I like that's that. That's how I, I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, she also chains herself up so she won't. Kill. I mean, I don't know what the chains were for because she winds up on top of Ichabod, like choking mm-hmm. him out during that like reveal of the information. <laughs> yeah. You know Unclear. what? Again, this movie's all about style. It's aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. Dramatic effect. Oh, yeah. Um, it's actually, she's not a witch at all. She just like does an immersive Halloween exhibit. Like, this is. <laughs> It's just immersive theater. My and favorite. I heard she's like, um, you owe me 20 bucks. So what the fuck? My, my favorite line that Miranda Richardson says in this entire like monologue, she was like, they cut his head off. So I immediately offered my soul to Satan <laughs> to like, bring him back. And she like, we find out she's the one with the horseman's head. Mm-hmm. She pulls it out. She summons the horseman again to get Katrina. Because she's the only one standing in her way at this point of the money. Yeah. Horseman's on, on the way back. Yeah, and she's she wanted to obliterate this whole family because there was because the head of the family was the landlord that like ruined her family's life. Yeah, so Van Garrett, Martin Landau's character from the very beginning, was the guy that uh, took her family home away. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, in case you were wondering, yeah, <laughs> for all of you following along, if no. you needed that villain motivation, uh, there it is. We found. I it. don't really need that motivation personally. I'm like, you can just be oh. evil, girl. But uh, great news, the great thing that happens here uh, after an entire chimney gets burnt up, which looks awesome. Mm -hmm. 
uh, just like oh, really again the windmill or the, the, oh, the windmill sorry yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, windmill. yeah yeah I'm like did they store all of their spare gunpowder in that mill like 100%. it goes kaboom real good yeah I mean there's no other cops in Sleepy Hollow so it's like who's gonna miss it <laughs> yeah young Matt young Maspeth like he's the only one else who seems to be carrying around a gun <laughs> <laughs> but the uh they uh get the skull back from Rand Richardson they toss that shit to the horseman. He puts it on. He grows back his Christopher Walken head. After a pretty cool uh, chase sequence. Yeah, great chase with sequence. With a carriage and the horse. And like, yeah. that's some really cool, like, practical scenes. Yeah. Of and like, so- doing like a little bit of a, an action hero thing, but like in his mm-hmm. own way. Yeah. yeah, in his own weird way. Yeah, that's sure. probably, I think, the closest he gets. But he's still like stumbling all over the place. He's not yeah. graceful or he's cool relatable. at any point. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's the uh and I have to say too, like putting the head back on, like some of the CG is a little mm-hmm. rough like nowadays, but I gotta say, like that aside, it's a pretty sick moment where it's just yeah. like reforming yeah. and like just I, the flush is coming back over the skull. I was like, all right. Yeah. I have that note too where like apart from you know, some of the, the rendering and the whatever it is that makes CG look better nowadays, but like the attention to detail in it like regrowing, like you see the the like nerves, you see the muscle. Yeah. It's super detailed and super creepy and cool. And it yeah. just morphs all together into the wow, I'm back. And it's just like, <laughs> yes. Wow. He's here. He's like, ah, I'm back. Baby. Wow. I love that shit. Great. Um, and then he takes Miranda Richardson as his hell bride yep. and uh, kisses her with his sharp, sharp pointy teeth. Disgusting. That's an image. A kiss bite? Because she yeah. starts bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. It was an open mouth kiss. Yeah. Like you, he you hasn't kissed like, anyone uh, in a long time. He forgot. Yeah. And, you know. uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, and we and then cut, they all live happily. Then we go New back York to City. London, New York. <laughs> in new london uh, at the turn of of the uh 19th century and don't forget the battery is up or no the, the bronx is up and oh, the battery's down jesus they snuck that shit in there <laughs> amazing that's a tom stoppard edition that's <laughs> yeah. a tom stoppard edition. That, yeah that's so true <laughs> Tom Stoppard's like, I know New York. I'm just like right down there. <laughs> I saw on the town. Good work, Tom. Good work. <laughs> it's like Liza will love this. Like, <laughs> Showing his work. Um, and yeah, and then, and then the movie ends. Yep. It's tight hour 45. It's a great time. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple little bits of trivia Ooh. before we go into some games and our recommendations. This movie was nominated, won one Academy Award, mm-hmm. was nominated for two additional ones. Mm-hmm. Any idea which one it won? Costume. I'm gonna say art direction. I know the answer to this one already. Oh, it was art direction. Uh, It was also nominated for costumes and cinematography, which I'm really stoked about because I thought the cinematography in this movie was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cinematographer, it was this gentleman named Emmanuel Lebetsky, who's Quaron and Inaritu's guy. Oh, that tracks. Yeah. Attracts. He had done like E2 Mama Tambia and he's done Gravity. He did. uh, Children of Men, Prisoner The Revenant, Birdman. Which mm-hmm. one? Prisoner of Azkaban? Uh, not Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he did do A Little Princess, I think, as well. One of oh, nice. I oh, loved yeah. that movie. That's going to stay so tuned. Oh, good. Bit. Oh, yeah. That one that was huge. huge uh, apparently, rotation. because this was a, a, a big budget major studio film, they still had to submit a list of actors that they would want for the role of Ichabod Crane. 
mm-hmm. even though Tim Burton knew and Johnny Depp knew that it was going to be him. Huh. So they essentially put three actors that they knew they would have no chance of getting. Oh. Uh, so the three actors that were also considered <laughs> for the role of Ichabod Crane, Liam Neeson, Brad Pitt, what? and Daniel Day-Lewis. What? <laughs> <laughs> three terrible choices. Wow. I don't know who I'd want to see more. Maybe they could do like a Parnassus thing and have like all of them play him at like some point. Oh. And you're like, what is happening? Does that, speaking of Johnny Depp, does that movie hold up? Uh, I, I actually don't know. I have not, I have not seen it. I just know that that like, that they do like the various like casting of the same character, yeah. which they had to do. But yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I don't but, know either. I saw it I when know. it came out and I have had zero interest to watch it again. But then I was like, maybe I'll give that one another shot. I'd be stoked to see Brad Pitt. <laughs> I think Brad fun. Pitt would be great. <laughs> I feel like Brad Pitt would sort of suffer from the same thing that Johnny Depp would suffer from. It's like, they're both very attractive. They're both yeah. very handsome people. Yeah, and yeah. like- But this is also like Circa Ocean's Eleven Brad Pitt. So like, yeah. it'd be like really it's fun just to watch him just like- Distractingly hot though. Yeah, just <laughs> distractingly <laughs> hot and just like, we could figure it out or we could pull a heist. And it's like, no, yeah, Ichabod, exactly. no heist. Stop in it. 1999. It's just thing when like someone that hot is like, I'm a nerd. You're like, no, you're not. You're a jock. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> in 1999, yeah. Brad Pitt was in Fight Club. Arguably no. the best he's ever loved. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, no, that's not, that's not going to work for me. No. That's a no for me. Uh, let's play the box office game. Ooh, okay. Oh, yay. Anybody want to guess the budget of Sleepy Hollow? Alternatively known as Sleepy Todd. <laughs> the sleepy Barber of Fleet Street. That's, that, that's a terrible barber. I would the hate to sleepy, sleepy Barber, barber. of the Bowery. <laughs> not a ton of, like, not a ton of CG. But, like, there's a lot of practical cast, effects. though. Yeah. How much was Iron Man? Great question. Uh, Iron Man cost $140 million okay, in 2008. So, that okay. so that's, like, the upper limit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It is not $140 million. Great, exactly. great, great, great. I'm going to say 95. Cool. Great guess. I'm going to say $70 million. That was going to be my guess. I was just going to have Iron Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, now you can't take 70. I know I can't. 70. I'm going to take 60. 60? You didn't yeah. Price is Right. Good for you. Yeah, I'm going It's Lauren's other key move is the Price is Right so much. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go right under what they did. The winner is uh-huh. Nicole. It was exactly $70 million. Oh, hey! Yes. Oh. Which, which I found to be interesting because I was looking up what the uh, projected budget of Sweeney Todd was, uh-huh. and Sweeney Todd was only a $50 million budget. Huh. So this movie had a bigger budget than Sweeney Todd. Weird. I can see that. Like, Sweeney Todd looks like it's a lot of sound stages, and this feels yeah. like a location. Yeah. And yeah. Um, all right. Now, total box office earnings. Mm-hmm. What do we think? I don't know if this is a movie. I have to assume it's like a... Did it flop or did it fly? (laughs) (laughs) On a budget of Uh, 70 million. Lauren, go. I'm going to bet that it was probably like a moderate success. So I think it probably doubled its budget. So I'm going to go 140. All right, great. Iron Man. Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) It made Uh, the budget of Iron Man. (laughs) Nicole, I'll leave you for last since you got the, the first one right. Okay. So James, what do you think? Okay, okay. Uh, I am going to say 160 million. Mm. 160 million, okay. Bold move. Nicole? 
I'm gonna go right between them and say 150. Hey, <laughs> damn. The closest okay, cool. was James. Oh. Ooh, this movie made $207 million. Whoa. This movie was a hit. Whoa! It was a hit, folks. Damn! I guess I always thought it was a kind, of, like, kind of a cult pit. It wow, really awesome. was the Hamilton of the nineties. It, <laughs> <laughs> it reinvigorated New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. Now, like we always do at this time, do we recommend Sleepy mm. Hollow mm. in the Year of Our Lord, mm. two thousand and twenty-one? We'll go to our guests first. Absolutely. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so much fun. It's like the perfect blend of like, if you want an atmospheric spooky movie, I won't go so far as to say that this movie is ever scary. Yeah. But if you like a good gothic atmosphere that is beautiful to look at and has some really great performances and does have a sense of humor, absolutely. Go watch it. Love it. I second that motion and yes, highly recommend. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I I remember like looking at this film and trying to figure out like, how did I, how did I not know about this before? And I think it's a thing where like, it's at the tail end of Tim Burton doing so many great movies and right before it goes off the deep end into some really weird, not so great ones he did. So I, I really look at this one as like his last great, amazing thing. And also one where it looks like he's having the most fun. Mm-hmm. That, he's yes. at, that he's ever having like you know and a lot of his other ones are great and they're telling maybe a deeper story or more complex things this one is pure entertainment throughout you don't like like we said like some things in the story were like what's even happening but it doesn't even matter because it's just it's one of the most beautiful looking productions you'll ever see um just like i mean we already kind of talked about the production team with uh with emmanuel lubeski and like you've also got Colleen Atwood doing the costumes, you have Richard Anderson doing the sound effects editing, and these people are just legends, yeah. like just like stacked with awards and, and, and notoriety. And you can tell, like it is just a stunning looking film. The cast is terrific. Everyone is, everyone knows the movie that they're in and they're mm-hmm. all just having a damn old good time at it. And it's like, yeah, when you have these like incredible actors in such small parts, it just shows how good this, the pitch must have been that they were like, oh, hell yeah. I'm in one scene, don't care. That's yeah. fine. I'll come do my that. one scene. Yeah. So yes, definite recommend for me. Also, I love a movie with like good stylistic blood effects. I love it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. yeah. This is some of the best blood that you'll see. Yeah. Lauren? Yeah, I agree with the blood effects thing. It's like, I don't think that it's and not- nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always like realistic, but I think but I think that like, this is a microcosm of what I think about the movie. It's like, it's not necessarily realistic, but it is evocative and it is scary and it is specific and it is a bold visual choice. Like this movie is a vibe and I definitely recommend it. Um, I think like it's October, it's Halloween. Like it's a really great movie for that. I think if you were ever a like over dramatic theater kid that had a goth, phase you're gonna love this movie um it was made for us i think if you like like night before christmas and you like beetlejuice then like i I, it feels like a natural escalation of of that like type of love so i don't really see a world in which you like those movies but don't like this movie yeah um and most people like a lot of people like those movies so yeah it's just like it's a good crowd pleaser it's a really good time it doesn't feel like it's too long everyone's having a good time and it's it's just a really really great like movie to hang out in Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Ian? I, it's a fucking movie movie, and I love yeah. that. Sometimes I just want a good popcorn like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. movie like this, and, and that does not need like a shit ton of explosions and blow em ups, and that's mm-hmm. what this is, and yep. I love it very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and now 
is there a modern analog mm. to Sleepy Hollow in 2021? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go to our guests first. Yes. Yes. So fight it out between you. Who's got one that they want to that they want <laughs> to already discuss this? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Um, so yeah, I was I was really trying to think about what this would be, and there was really only one that kept coming to mind, mostly because we did watch it fairly recently. It was her first time, my second time seeing it, and if you're looking for something with a similar like gothic appeal, that's just a movie movie that is similar to this, but like scarier, like legit Mm -hmm. has like more like scary moments and a beautiful design and actors who there is no scenery left because they've eaten it all away. Uh, I'd like to recommend Crimson Peak. Fuck you. That's what I (laughs) I knew someone was going to try to do that. It's such a clear line. I love it. Oh yeah. Talk on it. I love (laughs) this movie. Love it. It is just so, and I remember I saw it in theaters and I was like, that was fine. And then I forgot about it. And then we rewatched it and I was like, I forgot how good this movie was. Yeah, I had never seen just, it when we watched uh, it a few months ago. I had just missed it when it came out, which was baffling to me because I love Guillermo del Toro. Um, yeah, it's it, it's this if so, I almost said it again. If Sleepy Hollow <laughs> were scarier, yeah, yeah, Crimson Peak is that movie. Yeah. And if if Miranda Richardson was giving the Joan Cusack performance, we would get the Jessica Chastain. Get Jessica Chastain. Legend. Honestly, I think it's her best work, but that's just me. (laughs) You're not wrong. I mean, like, if not, it's definitely up there. In so many interesting ways, there are exact through lines from Sleepy Hollow to Crimson Peak. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's also really interesting to see how, like, the Johnny Depp character is then twisted to turn into the Tom Hiddleston character in that movie in a really interesting way. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really cool and like such bold visuals. Like, oh god, mm-hmm. such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Talk about stylistic blood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that house. Oh mm-hmm. fuck yes. Yeah. It's hot production design. Fuck yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Nicole, what about you? So I was, I had an idea, but I think it's it's too old. But the the one that I'm going to recommend today, if if. Uh, Sleepy Hollow leaned more into like the if it sort of like what we talked about uh, towards the the top of this episode of it not always knowing exactly what movie it is like most of the time it does but there's sometimes like a, a weird disconnect of like the humor is kind of well great from an audience perspective is kind of misplaced and it, things are funny that I don't think are supposed to be funny mm-hmm. and vice versa. If you want a movie that does that better where everyone in it knows exactly what movie it's in and um, is also based on like folklore and mm-hmm. legend, I'm going to recommend Krampus. Oh yeah, you uh, love which I've love never Krampus. seen the one but Ooh. it knows that there are a lot a lot of that movie is really absurd Mm -hmm. everyone in it knows it but doesn't like make a joke of it they just Mm -hmm. play it while they the actor knows that this Mm -hmm. is like christmas presents come alive and start attacking them in the attic like you know it's really silly um but also at the same time being a legitimate horror movie yeah it's the closest movie i think 
we've the closest we've gotten to actually capturing the spirit of gremlins mm-hmm. again yeah but also yeah. has like has it like you said it has like the the elements of the grotesque that sleepy hollow has yeah, yeah. I, i'm like, a huge I think fan i totally of agree with that yeah. yeah we watch that that's a every christmas we watch that yeah <laughs> i've only ever seen it the once in theaters but it's like you know i feel like that's like a spiritual uh cousin to oh to yeah sleepy oh, hollow. yeah right, right you you both just did great mm-hmm. lauren <laughs> What about you? How are you going to screw this up? Uh, <laughs> you can't recommend Paddington too. Uh, I'm, I I could. Um, although it is visually stunning. And also takes place in London, New York. Great plot <laughs> effects in Paddington too. You heard it here. Um, <laughs> the I way want... that that orange squirts out is the same way that the Widow Windship squirts out blood. <laughs> what if it was um, just orange marmalade? Yeah! I would it is orange. That. Great, great I think you're missing out on an opportunity for Brendan Gleeson to be in this movie. Like he could be very easily. <laughs> it does feel like a missed opportunity there. Uh, oh, Donald Gleeson would be a really great like if you were redoing this. Ooh, be a really ooh, good, like, yeah. Oh, is Ichabod? Really good yeah. yeah, he'd be a good. That would be fantastic sure. casting. He's a good icky. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to recommend um, a movie that's not necessarily like a movie movie because it came out on streaming, um, and it's a actually a trilogy of movies. Um, if you like the kind of like small town slasher elements of this with a little bit of like the, the period vibes, um, I want to recommend the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Um, it's an mm. adaptation of the R.L. Stein series. Is it a book or is it a series? It's a book. It's a book. Um, but mm. yeah, it's similarly set in a small town that is based around like a, a supernatural entity that may or may not be being controlled, set after certain people and, and them trying to escape kind of being targeted by this creature. Um, or set of creatures. And so it has, it's not necessarily in tone or in vibe similar to this, but it has a very similar kind of setup. And if you are looking for something really fun that does lean into the grotesque and lean into the slasher elements and lean into some of the humor, um, but with more of a like vi- like mashup with Stranger Things vibe, I really think you're, you're gonna enjoy the Fear Street trilogy. It's, yeah, those are super fun. Yeah, they're really, really, really good time. Like again, like not, like, you know, changing cinema forever. But just like, if you're looking for something in Halloween and you just want to turn on something fun and scary, then I think yeah. they, like, they're, they're a really good choice. Low stakes, good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, if you want higher stakes, high oh, atmosphere. Uh, uh, the I can same see it on time, your notes and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I've already recommended The Witch too many times, so I can't recommend it anymore. <laughs> um, because I just think that movie's incredible. It's your but Paddington too. It, it may be <laughs> on this show, honestly. Um, but I'm gonna write, I mean, I think it came out in 2018. Uh, it's a Netflix movie called Apostle uh, that's yeah. written and directed by Gareth Evans who did uh, both of the Raid movies. If you've never seen oh. those, they're awesome. Very stressful. But it's a, it's a folk horror movie starring Dan Stevens and Michael Sheen where Dan Stevens essentially plays uh, a guy whose sister goes missing on this island. Uh, uh, in England, so this one is actually in England, uh, in like the 1800s, and he goes to the island to look for his sister and essentially stumbles upon a cult on the island that's led by Michael Sheen, and uh, horror ensues. <laughs> and it's uh, mainly it's just for the uh, incredible production design in that movie. I feel like that movie kind of came and went unjustly. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's actually really really good and really well paced, and there are wow. excellent performances in it. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the main thing for me was the production design in a lot of elements felt very Tim Burton-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if you are squeamish at all and are not a fan of body horror, there's a lot of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, just uh, be wary of that. 
Yeah, it's kind of like if Sleepy Hollow was mashed up with like Midsommar. Yes. It's kind of how I describe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah. fun though. You know, casually like one of the best movies the last 10 years. But uh, <laughs> I will go to the wall for Midsommar any day mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. Um, but that's it. That's the movie. That's Sleepy Hollow. Uh, Nicole, James, talk to us about what a movie and talk to us about the Godfrey Audio Guide. Do you want to take what a movie? I'll oh, take yeah, Godfrey. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what a movie is a nostalgia infused podcast, infused podcast, infused podcast. Um, and basically what we do is very similar to what this podcast does, but we, we've revisited movies from our childhoods that we haven't seen in a long time that either, but one of us has to have seen it. And we talk about it, we try to re- we reminisce on it, we give a nostalgic grade on how we remember it, and then we take a break, we go watch it, and we come back and we talk about it. Sometimes it holds up, sometimes it's better than we remember, sometimes it's a lot worse. Sometimes we have to sprint back to the mic to be like, okay, we have to talk about it. And the entire time we're like, we, <laughs> we so stop the movie, we're like, we can't talk about it, we have to get on right now and just like spit it all out. Yep. Um, oh but that yeah, was also when we watched Brink, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you you just want to say all the things and you're like, we have to save this for the actual podcast. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, but yeah, so that, that, that's what a movie. Um, and yes, we had, we had y'all on for that wonderful Airbud episode, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've had a couple other guests on and we're looking forward to whatever the next one is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and then the Godfrey audio guide is a, uh, an audio drama where, the premise of it is that it is the fictional, it is the audio tour for a fictional museum. And it has a lot of deliberately so Welcome to Night Vale vibes as far as like the horrifying is mundane and the mundane is horrifying. Uh, if you picture this museum as a mashup between whatever fine art museum you have in your head and the Winchester Mystery House, it's a little <laughs> spooky, sometimes funny. The episodes are about 10 minutes, roughly, uh, each. And so if you want something that you can binge really quickly and that has continuity but no plot and you like uh, spooky, give it a listen. Hey. Do it. Highly recommend. There are episodes of that show that I've listened to being like, oh, yeah, it's not, you know, like whatever podcasts, they're not, you know, that scary or whatever. But like if I listen to like a couple episodes, especially later on in the season, (laughs) Like, I remember being outside listening to, I guess, like the, the season finale that you released and being like in the in the end of that mm-hmm. and, and genuinely getting a little creeped out. So I was like, oh, this is... You mean all of the existential dread? <laughs> the existential dread and then just the idea of, uh, I'll, I'll throw one word out there, folks, labyrinths. But yeah, oh, yeah. that was, yeah. That was uh, yeah. yep. very mm-hmm. fun. Yep. Um, Lauren, talk about The Vanishing Act. Uh, yeah, so we always talk about Vanishing Act. So if you've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about it. That's our audio drama. Um, unlike yours, they are not 10 minute long episodes. <laughs> Unfortunately, Unfortunately, they're they are so like much longer. 45 minutes long, but there's a lot fewer of them. Um, so if you want a lot of plot can, as opposed to yours, and <laughs> not scary, but is ridiculous. Um, yeah, that is our show. It's a 1930s set farce. Um, it's about a disappeared like magician usually i don't even talk about the plot when we do these so i'm amazed you're doing it now i know i'm like it's about a a magician and the 1930s and a bunch of other stuff yeah we just announced our season two which is coming out this november we're very excited for that it's gonna be five episodes we've got some musical numbers we've got some other 
wild shit coming that we're very, very excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have links that you want to share, by the way, for your shows? I'm terrible about this. Like, uh, yeah. So, hand, Twitter handles. Yeah. Uh, the Godfrey Audio Guide is on Twitter and Instagram at the Godfrey Guide. And uh, what a movie is at what a movie pod yes. on Twitter and Instagram. Great. And we will have links to all of that in our show yeah. notes. So feel free to hit those up. Both mm-hmm. shows are excellent. Highly recommend. You two are just wonderful. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much. We've had Great. so much fun joining you. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to plug? Any work that you're doing or backroom shake? Anything like that that you wanted to uh, shakes on the rocks or anything? Or there is it's it's kind of quiet right now. The main thing coming up in no, on November 17th, uh, if anyone happens to be in Los Angeles, uh, the show that I run, Shakes on the Rocks, will be coming back. We'll be at Idle Hour in North Hollywood. We just had our first show in September. Uh, we're kind of of that unrehearsed Shakespeare in a bar kind of family. Uh, sort of similar thing, except with us. We don't know the play. We don't know the characters. It's all decided at random. We spin a wheel. The names are drawn at random. Oh, okay. So literally anyone can play any part. We have no idea what it's going to be. The scripts are all cut way the hell down because we don't want to be there for four hours. Uh, but yeah, we see we see a really great group of actors get to jump up and tackle this like cold reading marathon. Uh, you can come see me do some Shakespeare trivia while I vamp so they can actually prep because well, I'm not- the actors feverishly so I'm not totally a horrible person. <laughs> I do believe in a 10 minute rehearsal process. Um, but yeah, so if you happen to be in Los Angeles on November 17th, come check us out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one for sure. Amazing stuff amazing stuff that's all we got folks thank you very much for listening you can feel free to leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever i don't know wherever we are just do 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 that there uh you can also feel free to uh check out vanishing act like lauren said check out the living force podcast if you want to hear any extended universe star wars stuff with eric who's uh one of our other uh, regular co-hosts on this show uh and uh go watch sleepy hollow go get vaccinated go be safe and uh you know Call somebody up and tell them that you love them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Do it. Do it. Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, spooky <laughs> season. <laughs> Woo!